Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back. Welcome back to an athlete's journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed, and today I got another special guest, another one of those. Uh, California legends, if you want to say, you know what I'm saying, somebody whose story need to be told for future generations of California people, who is doing his thing right now, uh, being assistant coach for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, like I said, he's a little bit younger than me, but he, like I said, uh, he must, he'll tell you his story of how he became a coach, and he moved up fast. I was like, I saw him on a bench in a playoff game, I'm like, oh, He's doing his thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I see him working out the big man. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, so like I said, just somebody who I, I watched him, you know, kind of grow up because he was a little bit younger than me. And I saw his game develop to what it became. And I was always curious of, like, what happened uh, when he got older. So definitely wanted to get him on the show. Uh, please introduce yourself to the people. What's going on? My name is Chad Bell. I'm an assistant coach with the LA Clippers, uh, specializing in uh, player development. Mm, see, all right. Well, we're going to get right into it, Chad, man. You know what I'm saying? How did your basketball journey start? Man, uh, it, start, it started so long ago. I feel like uh, with my basketball journey, um, just coming up, growing up in uh, Inglewood, California, growing up, you know, playing uh AAU basketball, you know, playing with AAU organization called BBA and top prospects and and then going on to go play at Westchester High School where I played with some really good players and we had some really good teams. So my journey started back, you know, when I was about, you know, 13 years old from an organized uh standpoint. But even before that, it just started in the neighborhood, just playing around the neighborhood and, you know, the homies driveway or, you know, like up at elementary schools, middle schools, up at the park, you know. So um, that's kind of how I came up, just, you know, playing with my friends in the neighborhood that I grew up with. And then um, I was a little bit later than some guys because I knew some guys played at a very young age, organized basketball, but. I really didn't get into it till I was about, you know, 12 or 13. So that's kind of how I came up. And, um, you know, I, I started out just trying to learn the game, you know, from an organized standpoint. You know, I was always one of, was the tallest on the team or whatever. So, you know, I was what you call kind of a late bloomer. But if you look at it, I kind of came up pretty fast considering that I hadn't played that long from an organized standpoint. And um, I just kept getting better. You know, I became one of the better, you know, uh, post players in my class and in my area. And each, I thought like each and every year, I just, you know, started getting better. So I ended up, my whole goal was when I played, uh, actually was just to get a Division One scholarship. You know, mm. I, I knew a lot of people back, back, back then that didn't even think, you know, much of, myself because it was so many cats coming up but I just kept shipping I just kept shipping away you know my goal was to get a division one scholarship and I did that you know I spent my first two years at the University of New Mexico uh my my recruiting coming out of high school was unbelievable uh but I always had in my mind that I wanted to go to a uh a mid-major and you know make a big splash so I did that. I played for two years in New Mexico, and then I transferred to the University of Nevada, where we had some really good teams, made some deep tournament runs, and I had a great experience and was able to help myself after that and, you know, have opportunities to play in the NBA Summer League and have some NBA workouts and uh, also play overseas in, you know, Romania, play in the NBA then it was called the D League, the Development League. Now it's mm -hmm. called the G League. Mm -hmm. So I had some different experiences, you know. Um, all of us, we all dream, you know, to have a chance at that ultimate goal when we get to that point. You know, obviously for me, I didn't get to that point, you know, to the, you know, the the pinnacle, but uh, I I saw it, you know, I, I was in the atmosphere. So, and now, you know, the way I look at it now, I'm, 
coaching and that in that in that uh on that level. So I I did make it. So um after I got done playing, I just, you know, really spent some time trying to decide what I wanted to do and eventually I got into coaching. Okay. Well we're gonna we will wind a little bit back. You know, that was like the Cliff Dose version of your career. Yeah. Um yeah. we're gonna go back a little bit. Um were you interested in any other sports growing up or was it just basketball growing up? It was it was basketball, man. I knew <laughs> I, yeah, knew, I, I knew right away. I knew right <laughs> away. And, and and most people would be like, Well, you was tall, so that wasn't just it, man. I just thought like, you know, when I was coming up, I, you know, I was raised by my mother. Um, um shout out to my mother, Peggy Bell. Uh, you know, I was just raised in a single parent household coming up and uh, you know, we would watch Lakers. So like when she turned that on, you know, that that piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time I saw, you know, watching TV, you remember back in the day we'll watch K Cal nine. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, of course, know, we'll watch, man. We'll, yeah, we'll watch the game. So I saw Magic Johnson and I was just like, damn, you know, like this is what I want to do. I want to play basketball. So that that like piqued my interest. So I was really into just, you know, watching you know the Lakers on KCAL nine. You know they put those games, their their away games on the on the KCAL nine network. So that that kind of like piqued my interest, and and from there I was like, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. I got you. I got you. Now you said you played obviously for BBA uh, back then. Obviously Pat Bear team, right? Uh, Not, uh, during during that time, I think uh, that was probably after Pat. That was like right when I came along. Pat had started uh, Southern California All Star. Oh right? yeah, so, it was. Who so was, when who I was came BBA? along with BBA, it was it was Dart Stamp. Oh, Dart Stamp. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think prior to me arriving, Dart and Pat did have a a AAU club together, and then they split. I believe. Yeah. I no, think, no, I no that's exactly what happened. That was my senior year. Going into yeah. my senior year, uh, what happened was SoCal Hoops was uh, Pat, and then, like I said, VBA was Dart, uh, because Dart took me, Barron, Tayshawn Prince, Aaron Maxey, uh, Capono, uh, Brandon Granville. Uh, I forgot who else. I want to say Jaron Collins, and then – Pat took Shay, Kenny Bruner, Jason, Jason Thomas, you know, mm-hmm. all of them, Burgess, you know. So they was like a split of the California team. Now imagine if all of us played together, which was yeah, crazy. Yeah, it would have been crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, because uh, I, 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 see, I seen you guys play a part, and it was crazy. Yeah, that's what so I said. <laughs> um, we actually, we beat Riverside Church with uh, Dart, <laughs> yeah, with, uh, when they had Ron Artest and Elm Brand. Up at Long up Beach at, in Long NIT. Beach. Yeah. Yeah. We beat yeah, them. So at- I, I, t- I, I tell people this story all the time. So I I was at that game. Okay. I was watching okay. that game. So I never forget all the hype behind Riverside Church. They came in. They were loaded. You know, I, I was young. You know, I, I was probably, I think I was like in seventh grade, something like that. And uh, I just remember that game. You guys just battled, man. You guys went to work. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Especially, uh, I felt like you and Baron had a thing that game. You know, yeah. uh, the way the way you guys played, and I mean, they came out to LA, and y'all brought it to them. And no, I still I, brag I, about that game because people <laughs> people sleep on that team because I don't think you guys were really favored to win, but you did, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. it, it was like. It's one of my favorite a personal favorite a moments. Just being yeah. able to watch that game. No, so. I, I remember that because the final four that year in the NIT was SoCal Hoops with Shea and them. Uh, the other New York team with Lamar Odom and Khalil Alamine and mm-hmm. us, and then Riverside Church. Everybody thought it was going to be like a New York versus New York final. Because yeah. the church didn't they have they didn't lose for like two years in the summer league, you know what I'm saying? 
And uh, I just remember, like, everybody was like, oh, yeah, the SoCal just lost. Y'all about to get your ass whooped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> by, by church. He was like, okay, okay. You know, so it was, they was talking shit. You know, like I said, me and Ben, like, you know, Ben went to work, and I was just like, I'm going to just finish everything. Ben's yeah. Oh man, you were, you was you was cleaning you was cleaning up everything around the basket, and I and I I was inspired by that, bro, because I was like, man, you know what? I want to I want to be like Trav. I like I like the way he play. He play tough. He's physical. I was like, yeah, I want to be like that. That you know, that's why I'm saying in the beginning of our conversation, that kind of motivated me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate that, bro. You did. I don't know if you knew it, but you was motivating me during that time. No, I never knew, but I appreciate mm-hmm. it, bro. I appreciate the love man so yeah. obviously you played AAU and you're one of the top players coming out why'd you choose what chefs to go to in high school well at the time you know um you know you was there so uh I always people don't know this I always wanted to go to Crenshaw I mm-hmm. always wanted to go to Crenshaw <laughs> yeah, yeah, even, yeah even like when you was younger and you was you was playing with uh Chris and those guys yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I would read about you guys in a paper I would see you guys around in your Crenshaw gear and stuff like that and I was like damn like I really want to go to Crenshaw like this it just it just it just meant something you know you go in the gym and all those banners mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Coach Willie West, I mean, he's a legend. We all know that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I always felt that's where it was meant for me to go. Um, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out that way. And um, Westchester was a program that was uh, – it, it it was starting to reach the level where, you know, it could possibly compete with Crenshaw because, you know, Crenshaw was dominating the city. Yeah. So yep, – um, yep, yep. Um, it got to a point where, you know, a lot of players started, you know, going to Westchester and, you know, it was a different direction than Crenshaw. And, um, I just think that my mom was at the time really comfortable with what Westchester was doing with their program. And then also, uh, she liked, you know, the dynamic of the school in terms of the demographics and stuff like that. And, uh, she just felt, you know, more comfortable at the time. So I rolled with it. And um, it ended up working out, you know, a lot of a lot of players at that time from the uh, TPI top prospects program ended up going there. You know, guys like Brandon Heath, guys like Keith Everidge at the time early on, guys like Jason McKinney, Jay Matt, uh, guys uh, from, you know, other programs, too, like Ashanti Cook. He was my point guard. He ended up going on to play at Georgetown. Uh, they were going there too, so I really mm-hmm. felt good about the decision once I knew. Okay, my guys, they're here, so uh, that's kind of how that came about. But uh, if it was solely left up to me, and my mom allowed me to just make that decision on my own, I would have ended up at Crenshaw. You know, a lot of people don't know that story. No, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know that. You know, like Crenshaw was the school obviously everybody knows like back in the day like if you know california basketball you know crenshaw it was basically mm-hmm. like lakers high school you know <laughs> um, facts, facts. you know and so like everybody you know like i was oh uh, i won freshman i was on a freshman with the team that won state and then they ended up winning two more state after i left so you know like I always get sh- I always get like shit from being in them all the time. They'd be like, "Nigga, you could have stayed and got four four states and four cities." <laughs> but I was I like, know. "Bro, <laughs> I bro, know, I might not bro. have graduated high school, bro. I was messing up in yeah. school. My mind was all yeah. the girls." So yeah, you know. um, but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I said, like that's cool. I, I remember Westchester, like right after uh, right after we left, right after Crenshaw senior year ninety seven. Westchester had all those transfers, Bufenthal and, you know, mm-hmm. Granville, and they ended up winning city uh, or state that year, I think, in 98, you know. And then, obviously, when you start coming and other players, they had it on the roll for a minute. Um, so, obviously, you're one of the top players in the uh, in the state, going to one of the top schools in the state. You had a lot of success at Westchester. Uh, what was your most memorable moment in high school? Uh, I would probably say, you know, uh, being able to just play on that team with those group of guys, um, having that much talent 
on one team. And um, honestly, one of the things I enjoyed is just uh, the experience in terms of we were close. We were a close-knit group. Like, we did everything together, like, not just basketball, but off the court, too. You know, mm-hmm. like, we, we hung out our, we hung out at each other's house, playing video games, going to the mall. You know, we, we really were like family. So that that experience in itself, you know, wrapped up in one was just the best part about it. And, of course, like, basketball is obvious. You know, we won and played at a high level nationally ranked teams, you know, we won city championships, uh, you know, so, but for me, it was a camaraderie and, you know, to this day, we're, we're all pretty, we're all pretty tight. Last night I watched a fight at Keith Everett's house. You know, mm. we, I, I've known him for damn near 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just having that, uh, you know, that brotherhood, man, that that was the best part about it, you know, and then all the stuff that came with it. All right. So what was, uh, like you said, your recruiting process was extensive. What made you choose uh, New Mexico State? Well, I, I went to the University of New Mexico. Um, I mean, University of New Mexico. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I, with my recruiting, like I, I felt like my junior year, my game just took off. So when I when it took off, uh, my recruiting took off. So – uh, but before it even took off, uh, the University of New Mexico, shout out to Brian Vachilla, ESPN. Uh, he was a coach at the time. Uh, from the jump, he was recruiting me, and he was recruiting me hard. You know, back then, it was letters. Letters was everything. <laughs> so th- they were sending me uh, letters every day, written letters every day. Every time the evaluation period came up, he was at every single game I played in. Every single time he could see me, he was there. Every single time that he was allowed to give me a call, he called. And uh, I felt like during the whole process, he was always there and steady. And he was very uh, transparent in the recruitment, you know, and, and the plans for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and his his vision for me and his program uh, matched with what I had inside of my mind. So for me, it was easy. You know, a lot of people during that time, you know, I was – by Memphis, North Carolina, Kentucky, it's, uh, programs like that, you know, they looked at it as like, well, why would you go to New Mexico when you go to those places? But how I saw it was, uh, it's just uh, uh, the vision that the coach had for me and the program and the p- players that they had in place. It just mm-hmm. made sense for me. So uh, in the end, I, you know, I don't regret any decision I made. I, I thought it was a good one. My freshman year, I started as a true freshman, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people didn't think that would happen, but I did, but I saw it, you know, um, and, you know, it really worked out, you know, but everything happens for a reason. Uh, Fran ends up leaving after my freshman year, the program changed a little bit, but initially coming out, like that's, that's, that's why I made that decision. No, it actually makes sense. Like I always tell anybody do what makes you happy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everybody was like, man, you should have went to this or that school, whatever, like do what, like, you ain't going to the school. I got to go to the school, you know? Right. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. I finished at Long Beach State, so I already know. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, after going to UCLA, so I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. So, yeah. what would you, since you started as a, you know, obviously a pure freshman, I mean, you had a lot of success early. So, what was the, what was, what do you remember about your first year in college? I just remember, uh, how uh regimented everything was on a daily basis um but at a higher level you know mm-hmm. i was I, I was fortunate to go to a, a high school program in westchester that was regimented in its own right but it, uh when i got to college it took it to another level you know and one of the things that i focused on when i went to school was building up my strength so that i could compete at the college level because guys were so much stronger um I had saw a lot of talent, you know, we come from LA, so we, we always around a, a gang of talent, you know what I'm saying? Whether we playing in a game or if we're going to play pickup somewhere. So like the talent didn't just uh, intimidate me at all. It was just that now you start to play against older young men. So for me, it was just putting on that strength, putting on that muscle mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. stood out for me. So um, for me, it was perfect because I was so, uh, trained and, you know, putting in that work on a daily basis. So 
Uh, we had really, really good coaches. So they put, they put, they pretty much put you in a position to be successful if you follow the plan. You know, easier said than done, but you know, <laughs> that's that's why coaching is so important. You know, if you get get with, with if these young players get with good coaches, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the plan will fall into place if you mm-hmm. if you're willing to put in the work. You know, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Um, you know, like I think coaching means so much, especially at a younger age to develop the mindset of a player, what he's going to be in the future. Obviously when Mm -hmm. he's a professional, it's a little bit different, you know, it's a different kind of coaching, but yeah, I definitely agree. So what would you say, uh, what was the hardest thing from, uh, college from high school? You know what I'm saying? What was the hardest transition? Uh, the hardest transition is just, uh, you're a young man and, and when you're a young man, you got so many things going on around you from mm. basketball to school, juggling your social life. And you still <laughs> learn it a lot about yourself, who you are as a person. So, uh, you know, once you once you leave and go to college, you know, you're leaving your parents home. So, mm-hmm. you know, now you got some people got some freedoms that they might not have before. So it's that temptation to uh, balance your time. So with me, it was time management. Heck yeah, um, man. Heck yeah. Yeah, so, you know, because you got so many things at your fingertips. You know, you, you're young, you young, you got it going, you got a name for yourself, you know what I'm saying? You walk across mm-hmm. campus, people know who you are, so on and so forth. So, for me, it was just kind of taking all that in and, and seeing all of everything across the board um, mm-hmm. and just learning how to try to manage my time and stay focused and things of that nature. So, like, you know, I tell kids all the time, like, once you leave high school, like, the level goes up from your social life. So you, you got to find a way to be focused, like, because you're going to get a, you're going to get a lot of attention, but how, you got to deal with that attention. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. I'm always going to keep it real. Like, I didn't I didn't do everything to a T. Now, I did a lot of good things. I worked my ass off. But, you know, we can always go back and do something different. We never can rewind the clock but we can also kick game to the youngest that's behind us so that they can not make the mistakes that we made. Agreed. A hundred percent. Agreed on that, yeah. brother. Agreed on that. Yeah. All right. So you're at new, obviously New Mexico, right? And obviously the coach yeah. leaves. Do you leave uh, after him or what was your situation like after he uh, coach left? No, I ended up staying another year because my whole thing was during the time I'm I'm not uh, solely there for the coach. I'm there for the university as well. So, you know, I like my teammates. You know, I liked the school. So mm-hmm. uh, the new coach came in and I was like, hey, I'm going to give this guy a try. And right. it was weird because when he got the job, it was like my first meeting with him was like a recruiting meeting. And I never forget, I cut him off. I said, hey, coach, uh, before you get into this whole little spill here, I'm not transferring. And he was like, oh, oh, damn, oh. You, you <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm, when's the work? When are we going to start working out? Right, <laughs> right, right, so, right, right, right. So that, you know, that was cool. And I, and I had an experience with him, you know, with the, with that coach there. And I, I've, I've run into him since, you know, those days, but. Uh, and I ultimately ended up, I'm pretty sure you might ask, I'm sorry for skipping ahead, but I ended up transferring because, uh, I just thought it was time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when a coach comes in, a coach is always going to come in, uh, with, with his plans for the team and, and his plans for you and as an individual. And I just felt at that time that, uh, my vision of what I wanted to be in a program and his did not match up. So I wanted to get, you know, out there environment and, and discover something new. Um, I wish during those days that uh, you could transfer and play right away. You, oh, know, you know how that oh, is. Oh, <laughs> trust <laughs> me, I do too. <laughs> trust but, me, I but, feel you. It but, ain't like it is but, now. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. So you know how that is. You left UCLA with the Long Beach State, had to sit out and all that stuff. But uh, once again, I'll, I'll continue to say, uh, I have no regrets. Uh, I had to go through that experience, not just for myself, but for other for others. Yep, I agree with you on that. So you end up going to Nevada, right? And obviously you had a lot of success there. What would you say mm-hmm. your greatest triumph was in college and your greatest failure? 
my great my greatest triumph, I, I would probably say just getting through that red shirt year. We had a lot of success, ended up going to the Sweet 16 that year, mm-hmm. playing for a great man, a really, really great man um, in Trent Johnson. He's I, I still have a, a relationship with him to this day, and uh, he was great with me. He's like a father figure, you know, so uh, he's one of those guys. I don't think he gets enough uh enough love enough recognition and what he's done in his coaching career but uh you know for that you know year i had to sit out like i was in a different place i'm not able to play the team is really good am i contributing you know what i'm saying and me and him had a lot of talks that year and you know those talks reassured me and he was just like look chat you have no idea what you're doing for this team. The scout team, there's not another scout team with a guy like you on it in America. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, and now that I'm coaching, I get it. And then at, at the time, I'm like, nah, you know, but now that I'm older, I, I get it. So mm-hmm. that was that was a that was a big, big test for me. And I, I would say the biggest failure for me. Um, so at the time, I had every good intention, uh, you know, when I was in school, like in terms of putting in the work and all that other stuff, uh, I could I could have even took it another notch higher, worked a little bit harder, been a little bit more obsessed. Right. You know yeah, what I'm I saying? Got you. I got you. You know, once again, like I always mention that social part of your life when you're a young man, you're 20, 21 years old, 19, 21, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. You still mm-hmm. you're still learning who you are. And sometimes oh. you need to press the brake. Sometimes you need to press go and you got to know when to do it and how to do it. So, uh, you know, I would I would definitely look at, you know, I, it's not a complete failure because I still competed at a high level and all that other stuff. But I think I would have had a, a lot more individual success, which could have elevated that team higher mm-hmm. had I pumped my brakes in certain situations, this, that, and the third, and been a little bit more organized. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think that's why I support for guys like you and me. You know, when we when we when we uh, get in contact with these dudes, to advise them. You know on how to manage their career. Because mm-hmm. the only mm-hmm. person that should be managing their career is themselves. Now, it's different now. Like, nowadays, a Travis Reed comes out, you're going to have people that literally is coming up to UCLA and checking on you every day and checking <laughs> the list and popping you in the back of the head if you didn't do something because you got a bigger goal in mind. But still with having that now, they still need to be writing their goals down and having it in front of them and self-checking themselves and that and things of that nature. And, you know, I've, I've never gotten in trouble with the law or anything like that, but it could have been more organized in how I did it. Uh, I basically was freelancing it, you know what uh-huh. I'm saying? So Yeah, yeah I got yeah. you. What would you yeah. say? Your, what, what would you? What was your biggest lesson that you learned in college? Oh uh, man, it's simple, man. Uh, keep keep working, and um, one one of the things I pride myself on, uh, I didn't have the ind- individual success that I thought I would have in college. Uh, but one thing I could say, I became a star in my role. Um, that's one of the one of the first people I ever heard say that, and he probably didn't invent it. Is a uh, Doc Rivers, the head coach mm. of the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> uh, he, he talked about guys, you know, you got to accept your role and be a star in it. And um, if you look at my Nevada career, I was like three points, four points, whatever it is. My minutes will go up and down. You'll see me one night, I look like a pro. One night, I look like just a bitch player. But, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I accepted my role. You know, I said, okay, I came into school to win, and that's what I wanted want to do. And my bottom line, Travis, my since I was in AAU, and I, I swear to you, I tell guys all the time, mm-hmm. my bottom line has always and will always be winning. Mm-hmm. If we're going to win and somebody say, hey, Travis has to start every night and you just have to be his backup, I'm going to do it. I got if you. that okay. you know that at the end of the day, that's all that matters to me. 
You know, I play basketball to win. If that just means I only set screens and play defense, so be it. If you need me to score on a block, so be it. If it equals winning, that's what I want to do. So, I got you. I got you. So, my next question is, obviously, you finish your career at Nevada. You go to, you know, they have super success, but you are playing a role on the team. How was uh, getting to the next level? So, how was that process for you? It was very difficult because when when you're in college, that's your chance to build your resume when it comes to trying to attract pro opportunities. Um, but luckily for me, one of the positives that I had playing in Nevada, we went to the tournament every year. So I got to play in front of people and people got to notice me because you're going to the tournament and you're watching teams and everybody sees you from the NBA scouts to the overseas scouts. So, uh, you know, I would, I would, you know, give it my all and give it my best. And so I did have opportunities. I still had agents call me. I still had, you know, opportunities come up for me after I finished my senior year to play overseas and stuff like that. And so um, I was afforded opportunities and that allowed me to get some NBA workouts with teams that allowed me to play NBA summer league with the Atlanta Hawks, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was very fortunate to sign uh, with an agent, a former NBA player by the name of Norm Nixon. Um, Shout out to Norm Nixon, man. Great, great man who uh, really spent time with me the year I came out of school and taught me how to be a pro, taught me how to, you know, the exact thing I need to do every morning in terms of conditioning, in terms of my weights, in terms of my on-the-court workouts, in terms of going up to UCLA men's gym and playing with the pros. And my game just took off. You know, you looking at a guy whose resume was just okay, but I felt like, you know, excuse my language, uh, nobody could fuck with me when it came to <laughs> basketball. <laughs> when 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 I when it all came down to it, no matter what my resume looked like, it, and that's kind of the way I played. You know that those, especially those few years when I first came out of school. Uh, to the point where some teams was like, damn, like, what happened in Nevada? Did you get in trouble? Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Like, I don't I don't understand. You didn't play in Nevada? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it, I was like, look, I, I'm a young man that, you know, uh, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And, you know, one, one of the lessons I've learned, to be honest, Travis, I know I'm being long-winded. Um, mm-hmm. It's never over. It's never over, man. Uh, these kids need to understand that, you know, you you got to keep working. If you really want something, keep fighting for something. Be, mm-hmm. Make make your story something special somebody can read about, mm-hmm. you know, so no matter what it is. So that's one of the biggest lessons. And I'm, I'm still going. I still got goals. <laughs> it ain't going to never stop and it ain't going to never change. No, I got you. Hey, like I said, keep growing and keep grinding, man. I, you know, that's my that's motto. Right. That's my that's motto. Right. So. Obviously, you you said that you you know got a chance to play uh, uh, Atlanta uh, summer league team and things like that. So, was, what was your first professional year playing hoop? Was it in the states or was it overseas? Oh, uh, it was over here in the states. So I played in the D League in 06, 07, 08, 09. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, part of 08, 09. So my first couple of years is over here. Um, I just wanted to get, you know, my name familiar with the NBA because I played the NBA Summer League. So uh, I played in the D-League. I, I played it for a few different teams. I played for the Arkansas Rim Rockers, mm-hmm. the Sioux Falls Sky Force, and then I played for the uh, Idaho Stampede. And I also played for a team that was called the Colorado 14ers, in which we went to the championship game. You know, I played with one of my childhood buddies, uh, Pooh J- Jetter. Shout out to Pooh Jetter. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we we went to the championship, and we ended up losing that championship. A tough one, tough series. But uh, I ended up doing that and got myself familiar. You know, got my name familiar amongst the NBA scouts. So I kind of did it like that first. Like, you know, everybody has a plan, and my plan was like, hey, let's let's do this. Let's chip away at this G League, this D League. And then branch out and do the overseas thing. So I, I did that. And prior to me going overseas, and I think the year after I went to 
when it played in Romania. Oh yeah, look, I, I played in Romania too, so I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I'd have forgot what city I was in, uh, mm. you know, because I was only there for half a season. But I yeah, I remember Romania. Mm. It was <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. Straight up yeah, crazy place. Yeah, yes, it was. Crazy yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you obviously you played three years in G League, then you go to Romania. Then what happens after that? So after that, I played the year and I, I decided, I said to myself, like, now do I want to now I kind of made my name a little bit over in Europe and I had plenty of opportunities to go back to Europe, get some more money. Or, you know, even go Middle East, get even more money because they were paying more and then other countries. So I, I pretty much had a decision to make, you know, um, on what I wanted to do. And I just started looking at the bigger picture for myself. Do I want to keep doing this every year, not knowing which country I'm going to go play in and then going over there, then coming back and then saying to myself, what country I'm going to go to next? Or do I what do I really want to do in life? So I took some time and reflected, prayed on it. And I said to myself, uh, I want to get into coaching. If I start the ball, I wrote, I start getting the ball rolling now when it's, when it's time, um, things will work out for me. So that's what I did. You know, a lot of people ask me like, damn, how'd you move up in coaching ring so fast? Well, I started early when I could have been mm. still playing. Okay, so you literally yeah. was like, F it, I'm done. I'm about to go and coach you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I said, F it, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to go be a – I went and took a grad assistant spot at the University of Wyoming. You know, I was oh, – okay. I was probably like 28 years old. I did that, you know. I was like, I'm about to just start. I'm going to just start. You know, I, I, I like the hoop. I love the hoop, but – I'm just looking out for – I'm looking at the bigger picture. Hey, I mean, like I said, like I think that your story, that's what I wanted to get into, is one of those amazing ones because you already knew, like in the middle of your career, like, all right, I'm about to just bounce and go into my next level. I can do – you coach until you're 100. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, and you did it at a young age, and I'm like – for me, I yeah. had no idea what I was going to be doing. You know, it took me years – stress mm -hmm. and all this other shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to figure out what it is I want to do. And I still didn't, you know what I'm saying, didn't yeah, know yeah. in the beginning, that, that's bro. Fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. So that's that that's a blessing in itself, man. So let me ask you uh this. You know, based off your experience of what you did, um, you know, what would be your best advice, you know, for the next generation? What would be your best advice for the next Chad Bill? Well devise a plan. You know, devise a plan and start thinking about what you really want mm -hmm. out of life and and write a letter to yourself on how you're going to get uh, to where you want to get to and make mm -hmm. a promise to yourself and sign it mm -hmm. and sign it and, and stamp it and stick to it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Just that mm -hmm. simple. And once you figure that out, you got to spend every waking moment towards that goal. Without mm -hmm. without getting derailed or sent in another direction, you know what I'm saying. You're gonna mm -hmm. hit adversity. You're gonna hit some peaks. You're gonna have some really good highs. You're gonna be on top of the world sometime. But but continue to go forth with that. So uh, when you do that, it kind of keep it. What it does, it keeps you. It keeps you on the right track. You know what I'm saying? Because we could easily get sidetracked, mm -hmm. where we could get somewhere a lot quicker. If we wasn't so easily distracted, you know what I'm saying? So um, that's my biggest advice to people. I hear you. I hear you on that, bro. I hear you on that. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, you start as a grad assistant in Wyoming, and then you move up to what was your next thing? My next step. So I, I ended up returning to my alma mater at the University of Nevada, and I became the director of ops uh, mm. under a guy named David Carter, who was the head coach at the time. Um he uh, invited me back. He brought me back, got me back into the program. I was a director of ops for two years. Uh, did a lot, of, did a lot of stuff. You know, uh, I was a guy that was, you know, experienced in the program, so I knew what winning was like. And at that <laughs> time, the program was kind of 
teetering a little bit at the time. So I was able to get in there and help David. And we, we got it back to how it needed to be, you know, back to conference champions and things of that nature. And uh, I was very instrumental. He he let me do a lot. You know, I was very hands-on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the ears of those guys, you know, telling them what it looks like every day, how practice should look like, how competitive practice got to be, how, yo, how you guys, how we got to approach games and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and 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 I, and I brought a tremendous amount of value because, you know, they look at the, all the pictures in the hallways. I'm on there on championship pictures and holding up trophies. So they, they really, they really respected my perspective. And, uh, you know, I was able to go there and have a lot of success for, I think I was there for a couple of seasons. Okay. That's cool, man. Like, how did you, um, was the Clippers job your first NBA job or was it like just your current job now? No, nah, it was my first. So after I left Nevada, I, I ended up becoming a, a full-time assistant at the uh, Southern Utah University in the Big okay. Sky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, I got there and I worked for three years, worked my ass off, you know, did recruiting, did, you know, I did everything. And, um, mm. you know, coaches are hired and they eventually are fired. So <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> so you know how that goes. So yeah, I was, yeah. In, I was in between jobs and and I, I had to reflect, like I always do, like, what's my next move? What do I want to do? Do I want to uh, join another college program? Because at this point, I had been a part of three college programs. And um, I said to myself, like, I want to give it a I want to give it a crack at the NBA, you mm. know. So, uh, you know, I started moving around, going to different uh, agency workouts and shaking hands with people. I was at the NBA Summer League and. I started running into some familiar faces and uh, I ran into a guy who I known for years that uh, at the time was working for the LA Clippers. And I just put the bug in his ear and said, Hey, you know, if you guys have anything, I would like to kind of get involved with your player development program. Even if that means just, you know, get it on the floor and bumping with the guys a little bit, um, you know, I'm available. So uh, he, he said that uh, it might be something available and, you know, let's stay in contact throughout the summer. And sure enough, uh, they ended up hiring a guy to be over and direct the whole player development program. And I happened to know a guy who was connected to him. So not only my guy brings me in, but he also bring me in too. And me being the same guy, it kind of like everything tied together. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I began volunteering and helping and, you know, the whole time, you know, and, and kids should know this, you know, that are listening, youngsters that's listening, the whole time they're looking at my every step, you know, everything I do, evaluating everything I do, how I carry myself, how I interact with players, how I interact with other coaches, you know, constantly, you know, they're watching me and they're just like they're watching the players. They're going to always be watching you. So, you know, thank the God, thank the Lord. Um, I was, you know, offered, offered the opportunity and, um, I've been doing it ever since, you know, and, you know, this, this thing, this journey, you know, it has been a, a journey of up and da- ups and downs and, mm-hmm. you know, highs and lows, but, you know, I really enjoy it and I'm working for a really, really great organization. And I've been, I'm, I'm in my seventh season now. So been rolling ever since. Man, that is a crazy, crazy, crazy journey, bro. Like yeah. I said, man, like, Oh my God. Like <laughs> I know all the reason I said is like your journey, like the fact that you basically now doubled up your time from hooping to coaching, you know what I'm saying? And like you knew exactly what it is that you want to do, man. That's a hell of a blessing, man. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. let me ask you this. I do have a question for you, side question. Do you ever did you ever think like, man? Like, you know, maybe like when you first retired or whatever, like, man, I could still bust these niggas. I could bust them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm better than him. I can go bust them. Dude. Let me let me come out of retirement. Man, you have no idea. So especially when I first started coaching, like, I used to play with the players, like, and sometimes they'll be like, damn, like, you, you don't want to go punish them? That's and what I'd I said. And I'm not gonna lie to you, Trav. Like I had a I had a 
I had a few days where I said, you know what? I think I'm about to go back overseas, man. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. Stick to the plan. Stick to the okay, plan. Okay, stick, okay, okay. Stick to the plan. Okay, okay. So, uh, I, you know, I just kind of got my itches out by going to play pickup. I think even one year uh, early on in my coaching career when I was doing college, I came home one summer and I played in the Drew League. Okay. <laughs> so I, I kind of got my – Oh, you see, got, so you got all of it out. Like, let me yeah, get all yeah, of it out. Yeah, so I won't even yeah. think about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you but I, I do, I do think it. And um, it's one of those things where, especially where I'm working now, um, wish I had that information, you know, when I was a player, you know, but, you know, that's how, that's how life works. You know what I'm of course. saying? Of course. Yeah. Of course. So. Of course. So like um, I said, it's but it's all good, bro. Like I said, you still yeah. doing your thing. You living your dream, so it's all good, bro. Yeah, um, no doubt. You know, I wanna I got one more question for you, then we're gonna wrap this whole thing up. Uh okay. Chad, man. Uh at one point in our career or life, we have like, you know, a low point. Now I wanted to ask you, like, how did you get out of your lowest point? Was it God? Was it family? Was it all the above? Was it yourself? Or how did you get out? How did that help you now? Man, number one, number one, it was God, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I've had times in this life, man, um, a lot of people don't know my story, man. I ain't have no job, no job, no income coming in, you know, uh, a place to stay, but it wasn't mine. <laughs> so <laughs> I've, I've had times where I had to really, like, you know, go to the most high and, and ask him to direct my path. Mm -hmm, and to mm -hmm. and to and to keep me and then also you know i got a good i got a good uh 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 family structure you know my wife you know being with me it's it's you know shout out to my wife jaylen because uh when you're when you're a coach and you're uh your 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 husband is a coach like you got to deal with a lot Man, you know, like the trap, the, the, the travels, yeah, yeah, like yeah. So here, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So just you know, I'm I'm going a lot, especially you know, majority of the year traveling, and you know, we we got two kids, my my son CJ, my daughter Jordan, and sometimes a lot of times she got to hold it down. So um, you know, with that, my family, but she always supports me. You know, mm -hmm. when we when we first got together was during the beginning of my journey with the culture thing. Um, and she was, you know, inspired by how I just, you know, left everything and just took on the challenge and uh, really pursued my dreams. So that kind of, my story kind of inspired her, but she's been on this journey along with me, you know, the entire time. And when I, when I've been at my lowest low, uh, it's funny, man, the power of God, man, the power of the most high. You might not have been able to tell it, you know, not having a job, you know, not knowing where my next check's going to come from. Because, you know, when you're a coach, people don't understand you're an at-will employee. Mm -hmm. So anytime that organization feels like they want to, they can cut ties and say thanks for everything and good luck with your next thing. And now you're, you're scrambling for uh, your next opportunity. So, like, I couldn't, man, I could not do this without my faith, my faith mm -hmm. in the Most High and and His Word, man. So that's what I always uh, lean on. And then after that, you know, He has blessed me with a, a a beautiful support system with my family. You know what I'm saying? So that's well, that's, that's a blessing, man. That's a yeah. blessing. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Man, I want to say thank you again, Chad, man. I appreciate it. We finally linked up. Chad know, was kind of Hollywood me. He was Hollywood nah, me in the beginning nah, of his nah, situation, man. No. Nah, like, oh, man, man you know, I, I linked up with I'm in season right now. You know what I'm saying? Nah, nah. nah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't nothing intentional. I apologize, brother. It's just that. That's crazy. That crazy NBA schedule. Oh, no, man. no. I'm just, I'm just messing with you, bro. We all good. We all good. Well, um, obviously, I know you're in the playoffs and you're coaching. Is there anything else that you want people to know uh, that you can shout out on the show? Uh, yes, uh, definitely. Uh, I, I want everybody if they can have the, if they have the opportunity, check out uh, my my podcast. It's called Time Out with Chad Bell. 
Uh, it's available on all, on all platforms. Um, check it out on, on YouTube, on, on Apple, on Spotify. Check it out. Once again, it's called Time Out with Chad Bell. And the focus on my show is the youth. So uh, I kind of hinted towards that in our conversation. So mm-hmm. I focus on having conversations that uh, the, the youth can listen to and just get uh, crazy, crazy gems. You know, uh, I hope to have you on my show one day. Hopefully, you anytime, bro. Or Hollywood, you, yeah, I will come yeah. on anytime, bro. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like we're 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 very important, man. We're leaders. We're leaders. So I, I made the show for them, man. So they can they can they can hear our stories and our journeys and the things that we do and the methods every day and how mm-hmm. to get there mm-hmm. and. The, and not just the 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 success stories, but also like the failures. Like how did mm-hmm. you deal with that? So uh, that's why I made the show. And I I just you know I, my heart beats for the for the young people, man. I really I really spend a lot of time in the community. I'm involved. I'm involved in a nonprofit profit called uh, Inglewood Active Communities, mm-hmm. where uh, their focus is on uh, dealing with the the youth. Uh, through sports and mm-hmm. medicine mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So I spend time uh, doing events for them and also spend time uh, coaching in the Inglewood Youth League, you know, helping with my son's team and also the Hearthun, uh, you know, youth basketball leagues, the Inglewood Baseball Youth League and stuff like that. So I just try to be involved as much as I can when I have the time and give back to, to the young people in the greater Los Angeles area. Well, there you go, man. Like I said, he's a Jamaican when it comes to all these jobs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, has, about, <laughs> has like 15 different jobs. So, um, like I said, check out his podcast. And if he wants me on, I'll come on anytime. I'll be honored to be on the show. Um, it, yeah, always, always. Um, once again, you can follow me at Travis W. Reed. That's R-E-E-D, Travis W. Uh, on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, I, I post pretty much all my social media on there. Um, just got a new Twitter account. Literally just got it, like probably like a couple weeks ago, or whatever. Um, so I, I didn't forgot the name of it, but I remember it and I put it in the, in the description of the show. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I said, I, I don't have the shirt on right now, but if you're still looking for that Travis Reed Athlete's Journey merch, feel free to DM me or um, or message me on Facebook and I'll send you it personally. All right. So, uh, like I said, thank y'all for listening. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.